Acts chapter 2. Uh, I spent a few weeks, you know, talking about that, that being alone, being isolated is not good. Um, I don't think I even mentioned the, the accentuation of, of COVID in that already difficult trend, but I think it just... Uh, it, ex it completely exacerbated an already isolating type of uh, problem in our society. And so we've got to kind of fight our way back to community, to connectedness, to tribe. And so I want to begin to turn the corner and talk about what are the things that we can do to be connected. And before I begin, I want to read a passage that is when the church began, sort of, there's like a little snapshot of, of what, what the church looked like in its early formation. And like anything, over time, we can lose our core. We can lose the essence. And so I think it's good to go back and look at the beginning, look at the roots of where it began. So Acts chapter 2, this is when the church is born, and it gives a little summary. I'll just read several passages, and then I'm going to come back and highlight some. 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. This was a picture of what it was like. Now, there's a lot of things that you could pull out of there, but interesting, one of the things that you pull out of there twice is twice in that short passage, it says they broke bread. You can read the fine print, cinnamon rolls. They, it was a part of what they did. It was just a part of what they did. And all of us could say this. I mean, very, very simply, we could just say that, you know, if we've been with somebody, if you've gone, the, the difference between shaking hands with somebody and sitting down with coffee is a big difference. Difference between calling someone on the phone or talking to them in, in passing and saying, hey, would you like to meet for lunch? It takes your relationship from this level to this level. It just, it, there's no other way to say it. It was, it was central to what they were doing because I think they knew something that you needed to actually belong to this community. It wasn't enough that you could observe. It wasn't enough that you could listen. You had to somehow incorporate yourself into it. There's so many amazing benefits to belonging. But if I could summarize it, I would just summarize it this way. In the 46th verse, it says this. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Glad and sincere hearts. Let's say it together. Ready? Glad and sincere. Now, 
What could be better than having a glad heart? I mean, if you think about all the things that you're doing throughout your day, at the end of the day, it's probably somewhere, it's somewhere connected to wanting to, this thing to be glad. How many know if this thing's glad, everything's good? I mean, you, you know, your boss can be cantankerous, you know, your kids can be unruly, you know, you can be unsatisfied with your meal, but this is already glad. You ever had dinner with somebody that this wasn't glad? Well, that's fun. You know what I mean? Like you're at a five-star restaurant. Everything is just pristine and perfect. And like one little thing didn't go right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, one time, one time I've been to a real fancy restaurant. One time I still remember because the reason I remember was because they had the crumb bulldozer that came. Anybody ever seen the crumb bulldozer? Like you ate bread and all of a sudden they come by. They scrape up all the crumbs, you know. Um, So for the two of you I'm connecting with out there, I'm so glad, whatever. But I thought, my goodness. But isn't it it amazing that some people can complain no matter what? I'm I'm aghast. I just want to put a little shield up and go, I'm not with them. Have Have you ever wanted that? Like... this is good Danny's is good I'm giving you guys one chance today on this side I said if this is good Denny's is good it doesn't matter if this is happy man nothing tastes better than Denny's but if this isn't if your heart isn't happy friends nothing's one of the benefits honestly of really plugging in, and there are times I wonder, is it, is it the chicken or the egg? But, I, but I, here's what I know, it all flows together. When the heart is happy, you're plugged into a community. When you're plugged into a community, the heart is happy. And sometimes what you have to do is you just have to take the plunge, you just gotta get in. A couple of vital mistakes. I'm gonna wait till I find the perfect community. No, people do this. You know, they find someone didn't do this. Someone looked at me funny in the parking lot. Someone dinged my car. Are you with me? You're not, are you ever going to get connected? You're never going to get connected. One of the things, and, and people are funny. And today, they separate their own, their own personal relationship with God, which I get. I, I hope that I have. Are you with me? I, I hope that I have. I believe that I have. But we've gotten so focused on that in America, it's unbelievable. Um, I, I understand it was kind of a move away from, you know, I won't pick on any large denominations or whatever, but where they, everything was corporate and you had to go through all the corporate people to get to God. I get that. So we cut out some of the middlemen. I'm for that. However, did the Lord's Prayer begin with my father Well, that's funny. Right from the very get-go, you're supposed to what? Include other people. My Father, my God, my personal, my, my. Right at the beginning, Jesus says, what's the word? Our. Our. Somehow, this is, uh, this is not just about you. You know, they say these people, they study these things. They study these things called 
uh, higher levels of consciousness. Some people, like in athletes, they call it the flow state. I mean, like if you're in my era of the, you know, when, when Michael Jordan was playing basketball, it was this. You don't remember that game? I am leaving you guys today. I'm a, he, he couldn't miss. Do you remember the game? He couldn't miss. And he's just, just like, I don't know. I'm falling down and I shoot it and it goes in. It goes in. And, and they study this. Athletes get into a zone, they call it. And it's like they can't miss. They, go, they, they supersede their consciousness. There's a certain state. And I think what happens with us is when we're alone, when we're isolated, we're at our lowest level. And when we are connected, we're in this flow state. And you can't separate. I can't separate my spirituality, my personal from this. People have tried to, but it, it doesn't work. You know, this week, um, we had to, uh, you know, lay my grandma to rest. And, um, well, I didn't do so hot at her funeral, but um, what I was going to say, I didn't get it. I didn't succeed. But what I wanted to say was she was the glue in our family. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, she was the glue. Anybody have that in their family? Like, the glue. Like, this is, and I, I think part of what's tearing me up or tore me up so much was like, when the glue is gone, you wonder, you know? And it's sort of like, because of grandma, I'll put up with any of my cousins. I'm kidding, I love my cousins, but, but you kind of know what I mean. Because of God, I put up with anybody in here. It supersedes. But if you go into community and your idea is like, I'm going to look at everybody and see if they're worthy of my love, it's not going to work. Do you, see the, do you see how the entire premise is wrong or faulty? It's faulty. But if you fall in love with God, it just, it just, it can't help but translate into love for other people, which is why in 1 John, which you should just get into and really understand, he's like, you can't say, I love God and hate my brother. You can't. But people do it all the time. They just don't work. You can't say to grandma, grandma, I love you and I hate cousin so-and-so. She's not going to have it. It's not going to work. Can you say, Grandma, I know, what an idiot that kid is. I mean, not my grandma. You know what I mean? You can't do that. So you can't love God and hate other people. You just can't. So part of what happens is when you get into God, you get into community. When you get into community, you get into God, and it all starts to flow together. That, that doesn't mean that, you know, some people, I mean, they're hard for us to love. But let's be honest, sometimes you're hard to love. <laughs> Just ask someone close to you. And <laughs> one guy come to me, one guy come to me said, he was mad. And his wife drug him to church. After years and years and years, I'm like, drug him to church. 
he, he was so mad at me after I, I never met him. He came first time at church. I came up. She told you about me? <laughs> Sir, I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know. Who are you? He, whatever I was talking about that day, he swore his wife came to me and gave me like a notebook and like, and then say this and then say this. But let's just be honest. All of us can be hard to love. It's just called grace. It's just like we just have to have this blanket of grace. They had, they had happy hearts. That's, that's what we need. And then it, it says in Acts 2.43, they were filled with awe. They were filled with awe. I think what happens is when, when you're, and why I believe your, your, your primary community, I think you can find community in your you know, soccer club and knitting, and I, I do. And, and honestly, sometimes people find more, unfortunately, because they're more open, they're more transparent, and they get more connected. But why I believe your spiritual family is your primary connection is because of this, because of God. God's the glue. And what these people have is they have a sense of awe, of transcendence, that, that God is the glue. And when you have that, you're talking about deeper things. You're asking bigger questions. It's transcending everything else that's around you. I don't know. Here's how, we, here's how we'll talk about it. If I got a chant going in here with the Spartans and the Wolverines, I could get a bloodbath going. I mean, we could have a full-on cinnamon war roll or war going. <laughs> then what I could do to bring us together is I could talk about the Detroit Lions. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, we who hate each other are what? We're united. You know, except the two loser Packer fans that are here. But I mean, everybody else. I mean, come on, you know I have to throw a cheap shot in every now and then. People email me because I think they think I'm serious, and that's my problem. I have to have like a little, this was a joke thing across the, the screen. Okay, so you, you, all of a sudden you can, you, you transcend. Transcend is like, oh, we'll get something bigger that unites us. Are you getting it? When you... When you have Christ as the center of the community, it transcends and brings us together. So in our family, grandma was the glue. It transcended. This person's this. They, but here, we're operating on this level. It, it moves us beyond our egos. This early church, it says they were, they were filled with the Spirit of God. First little action step this week. Find the thing that helps you transcend. Find the exercise. You may realize that you have this and you may not realize it, but like for me, oftentimes what is, is, a, is a, I'll call it a sacred walk. I love to walk. And I like to walk outside and I like to get close to nature. That's why I, I, I it just... Then whatever else is going on, you know, I just, 
I stare at leaves and I, I start to transcend, I start to connect. There are spiritual exercises, there's countless ways of doing it, some people with music. Some people with, you know, acts of serving, like literally they go out and just serve people that are less fortunate than them and they just feel connected to the bigger. I mean, I could do a whole series on it and maybe I will, but my simple point is if you know the thing that helps you transcend, then do that. Don't do the thing that helps you get into the fractured, fragmented, divisive, disconnected, Because when you transcend, when you have the sense of awe, then you unite. They say, um, they say that, <laughs> I read this, four-year-olds ask up to 300 questions a day. Take a wild guess how old Charlie is. <laughs> I mean, she gets most of them in before breakfast. I'm, I'm exhausted. How many know after I make her breakfast, I just take a nap? Like, I, I can't do anymore. Question after question. And there's this, there's this incessant curiosity for more. You know, and that's what we have to get back to is transcendence, our relationship with God. You're like, ah, oh, I knew you were going to say that because like you're a pastor and we're at church, but no kidding. We just do. In your way, transcend. Connect with God. I mean, if you're yelling at people and screaming at people, you, that's probably not it. Next exercise, please. You know, if you're angry and bitter, next exercise. But if peace is growing, you, growing inside of you and grace and love and you're feeling warmth towards other people, you're getting warmer. So I don't know what helps you, your sacred walk, your time in prayer, your reading of scripture, your whatever it is. But if you connect to the higher, then you can't help but connect here. And that's what's going to give you that happy, that glad and sincere heart. I was with our group and, uh, you know, all my fancy sermons, they don't do much until I sit down with a small group and then they start picking it apart. How are we going to do this? I, go, I don't really know. How are we going to do this? I don't really know. And I started saying this, you know, maybe in our small groups, in our conversations, we'll, we'll have to hammer out some solutions. How do we focus on staying connected? Maybe when, when our culture isn't always encouraging it as much. How do, we, how do we focus on being transcendent when our culture is trying to eliminate the divine? So I just made a couple of ideas. And it comes from this passage in Acts. It says they, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. 
And I want to focus in on the word devoted. You have to make a commitment. Everybody makes a commitment to something, even if it's the commitment to doing nothing. I'm committed to sitting on the couch all day. Just make a commitment. Now, when you make a commitment, does everything just fall out of the way for you? Or do you find it true? If I make a commitment, then everything's going to crowd in there and try to challenge my commitment. So, it's only the beginning, but you make a commitment. Now, not making a commitment just makes it easy for you to just say, I succeeded. I succeeded at doing nothing. But making a commitment, then there's going to be some challenges. Things are going to step in your way. Make a commitment. I want to be committed to this community. I want to participate. I want to prioritize. Anybody will tell you, if you've joined any type of a sports team or a band or a dance team or whatever it is, the first thing they're going to ask you up front, meeting number one, is make a... Or are you, have you been to the team where they go, hey, we're going to get this team going, but you know, show up when you want. <laughs> now, it, it happens. There's, there's, there's conflict, right? You have things that conflict, and I'm not here to say I can simply solve all those conflicts for you. But what I can tell you is if you just don't make a commitment, something else will clearly just crowd it out, wipe you out. Your spiritual connection, your family, that's just going to be gone. You'll have to fight for your own commitment. Put it on your calendar. This is on the calendar. Anybody in your family have to make calendar decisions? How about all the time? Who here uh, was just about in divorce court until Google came out with a calendar that you could share? <laughs> is anybody with me? Like, we're, we're going what? We're going where? All right, so you just put it on the Google calendar. This is, this is, put it, in, it starts as a question mark. What do you think, sweetie? And you, you, have, to, you have to figure it out because there's two people, there's three people, there's con con conflicts all the time. But if you don't put it on the calendar, it's just not going to happen. In the Blue Zone documentary series on Netflix, he said, if you go to church twice a week, now, when I, just full disclosure, when I first started going to church, I mean, <laughs> you, you were like a C-class Christian if you only went to church twice a week. I mean, you, we were like, does anybody know what I'm talking about? A plebe. You only, you only go twice a week? Anybody grow up in my era? I was like, Sunday morning, everybody with me? Sunday? Night. Wednesday? Night. Sunday? School? Are we we're, we're talking four times minimum. Right. Pastor Chris asked us to come every Sunday for five weeks. <laughs> Wrong with that guy. I understand. It's like a dying thing in our culture. Some things are worth fighting for. I, I guarantee, listen to me, I'll tell you a couple of things. If you think it's 
my, I need you to be here, or it's some sort of, you know, me, uh, what, what do they say, uh, talking up my own book? Is that what they say? Go to another church, but do it for five weeks. Get your rear end out of bed, huh? Go to bed on Saturday night and get up and go to church and do it consistently. No, things happen and you travel and this, I, I get it. That's all the more reason why it needs to be in the books when you are. For, not for my good, for your own good. They said, if you, the blue zone, it says you'll live eight years longer if you go twice a week. I didn't call them and tell them to put that in the documentary. Why? Why? There must be some reason. There must be something about true community, authenticity, rubbing shoulders with other people. I always tell people, you know, when you're in community, it's like, it's like you and I were like this rough piece of wood and you're, you're, you're in with other people and there's people that you love and there's people that stroke your ego and people make you feel good and there's other people that bristle you. And they're like sandpaper. They're just making you smooth, just smoothing you out. Who likes to get smoothed out? I feel good. Like, this person is so irritating. Hmm? God bless the sandpaper in your life. Making you better. Have you met a person that always resists the sandpaper? They don't want anyone to ruffle their feathers. They won't go in any environment where everything's not catered what kind of people do they become i mean i started i i did horribly i don't think i even finished the story from luke 16 about the guy who could hide himself behind his gate because he had a gate because of purple and because he had linen and all this stuff and he ends up in hades separated and isolated and he longs then after there to be connected to the others. And they're like, no, 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 there's a chasm. You can't get over there. Don't you see the irony? Don't you see the beautiful storytelling of Jesus? He said, no, you're a gate guy. You don't like that. You're a gate guy. You're, you can't cross. C.S. Lewis, in his brilliant book, the great divorce pictures a man in hell saying, just leave me what? Alone. What's the problem? The problem is we get what we, what we desire. You keep pushing people away because they're not perfect and they're not perfect and this group's not just right for you and this isn't good. And next thing you know, you are you do get what you want. You are completely, what? Alone. Who saw the movie Yes Man? Got to see that movie. Yes, sure, yep, yep, yep. Because he starts off as a no man. No, 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 that's too risky. That's too scary. These people are too weird. No, 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 no. You got to jump in. You got to say, yep, yep. tell you another thing that'll that'll work for you get some skin in the game 
There's a lot of people now because churches have done this weird thing. I mean, I'm going to go back and read this. Oh, that's right, the last verse I didn't read. Some of the people sat in the back and judged whether or not the music was good that day. (laughs) Others went home and graded the pastor's sermon on the internet. What, what didn't happen, it was never perceived in a consumer way. You are, you are a professionally trained consumer. That's what you are. Whether you recognize it, whether you're aware of it or not, you have been trained to consume and critique. That's just how you've been brought up. Every single message that you get from the time you get up is like, judge this, critique this, and decide if you want more of it or less of it. Burger King, you can have it what? Forget McDonald's. You can have it your way. Remember that? Well, you got to be as old as me to at least know what that one's about. And, and we just slowly bought that up. And so then what we did is we brought that into the church. And we think what it is is like, I get it, I get it. I mean, but is the mentality good for us? That's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Is the mentality good for us? Is the idea that you can come in, judge something, and leave and never participate in it, is it even healthy? You have no skin in the game. I mean, these people were selling their stuff because this brother over here doesn't have enough to get through the month. Then I'll sell what I have, and then you're okay. Talk Talk about the far end of the spectrum. But if you get some skin in the game. And last, share a meal together. It's in there two times. They broke bread. They broke bread. They ate together in their homes. Church buildings were never a thing. It was always in the home. It was in the temple courts. Yes, it was a religious structure, but there was only one of those. That was in Jerusalem. Once the church went outside of Jerusalem, I mean, there was no chance for temple courts. There was only one place. It was like a town square, basically, right outside the temple. So you would think of it as a public square connected to the religious building because it was a religious community. But then after that, it was in homes. It was in gymnasiums. It was wherever they could find a building. But oftentimes, it was just where someone had a space. And there's almost always a meal together, which is why a lot of the New Testament, I don't know if you realize this or not, was these wars over what kind of meals they could eat because you had Jewish people and Gentile people coming together and they had these different rules and they were just trying to sort it all out. But the underlying thing is this, they had a meal together. 